your neighbor and say, I'm glad to see you. Praise ye the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him to His excellent, everyone say excellent, greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and the organ. Praise Him with the loud cymbals and the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath... Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Come on, somebody. He's an awesome God. You're a mighty God. You're an everlasting God. There's nobody that compares to you. You're from age to age the same. You change not. You're my friend when I'm friendless. You're my father when I'm fatherless. You're my hope when I'm hopeless. You're everything your El Shaddai. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're my healer. You're my provider. You're my strength. You're awesome and you're great. There's one God and I only serve Him. Somebody holler out His name. Come on. Come on, holler out the only name. That's above every name. Hallelujah. I like to tell the church people back home, some of you come in this place with names in your life. You come in here with depression, oppression, with a disease, a sickness, whatever. Those are names. The doctor may have named it. The teacher may have named it. Your parents have may have named and said, well, you're just, you know, you weren't even supposed to be here. Those are all names in your life. But Jesus said, I have a name that's above every one of those names. Come on, somebody, one more time. Exalt the only name that will save you, deliver you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Give your neighbor a high five. Say, God is great, and I don't want to be late.
looking at somebody behind you and say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, clapping your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! I told, uh, what was it, youth explosion, I think in our prayer meeting, when you clap your hands, you know what that's the sound of? That's symbolic, that chains are falling. That's what the devil hears when you clap your hands in church, that chains are falling. Just like when you drop chains on the ground, come on, let the devil hear that you've got the victory. Come on, devil, listen to those chains. It's a chain-breaking service. Hallelujah. Come on, devil, do you hear it? There's some young people that are declaring victory. Come on, over the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Front porch. My uh, grandpa, he uh, inherited his, his uncle's home, home, it was a small little house, but he uh, went through there and, and he remodeled, but one of the things he did on this little house was from one end to the other, from the front end of that house, he put a front porch, and he put his seating, put his, his chairs out, and he'd go over there and sit there and talk. And I miss my grandpa, he died in 2004, but he would sit there and talk about just
computers, cell phones, all of our gadgets, all of our gizmos make our society become less connected with one another and we become more connected with those things. We get connected with the things that we have in front of us. That to me is a humanistic view. That's a self-centered view. It's a Burger King gospel. Look at your neighbor and say, have it your way. Because it's all about me. I want it this way. I want it that way. Amen. Our nation, the United States of America, we serve the greatest nation on this planet. Praise God. It was founded by, and we have many things that, that made our nation what it is, but one of the things, one of the docu- documents that made our nation so great was the Declaration, Declaration of Independence. And then it continued to m- promote philosophy and freedom of, of freedom and in- independence. But ble- with every blessing, with blessings come independence, but there's dangers with freedom. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. I think we need to declare a declaration of in our lives, a dependence on Him. Come on, a dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I really strongly feel that relationships need to be cultivated, which is to say they need to be worked on. God didn't create just Adam, nor did He create just Eve, but He created for them to have a relationship, so therefore He created Adam and Eve together. It's not good, even God said, for man to be what? Alone. Relationships with one another ultimately affect our relationship with God. I think that's even why it's important that we have connections with our church family. Don't be islands unto yourself. Don't just say, well, it's me and, 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 and us going no more. Same thing with our churches. It's important. Everyone, Don't get so busy with your own church that you forget about the rest of the body. Because we are the body. We need one another. I love that song, I Need You to Survive. That's not just talk, talking about your local assembly. That's everybody worldwide together. We need fellowship. I know we've got to have our churches in our own areas to be able to grow, but we need one another every once in a while for those encouraging times. Amen? We have so many superficial connections in our lives. We're always, always... I was in a hurry tonight to get here. Was anybody else in a hurry today at some point? We live in the fast food world. We live in the microwave world. Everything's got to be here. Now I want it, Johnny, on the spot, especially as Americans. Mm, hallelujah. When was the last time, Brother Jonathan, that you just you took two, two or three minutes out of your day and you just went and talked to a stranger? Somebody at Walmart or wherever. You just, you just took time just to get to know somebody. Now, I've been, I've done it all. I, I've been in public school. I've been in a Christian school, and I homeschooled. I've done it all. And I, I found homeschool to be rather interesting. And a lot of, how many are taken, was it, I stepped twice this year in Indiana? I heard some of my young people moaning and complaining about that. But there's so many issues and schisms and problems in our public schools today, and we all know about it. And there's a lot of parents putting their children in homeschool. But one of the things that would cause many parents not to do that is because there's a lack of communication with their peers. Because there's just, you know, if you have a brother or a sister, that's, that would be the only person you go to school with. Oh my. Have your way, Lord. Amen. But I think relationships are important. Everyone say they're important. Say they're important. Lifestyle of disconnection can affect how we have a relationship with our God. If we're disconnected from one another, it's going to affect our umbilical cord with Him. That is our lifeline to God, a relationship. Now we assume that we can have proper relationship with God despite our minimal connection in prayer and in worship and in service and in fellowship. But God wants us to have a declaration of dependence and to depend on Him and to connect with Him through worship. He always intended for there to be a connection and a relationship. Even in the Garden of Eden, there was that connection that God wanted. There wanted to be that, that communion with Him, that worship unto Him. Amen. So how did He intend for this connection to happen? First of all, I believe that God praises us. Because, we, because after creation of humanity, what did God say? He said, it is what? Good. He looked at you. Overall, in humanity, and he said, it is good. Now, each one of us is created by the Lord. We're created, what? In His image and in His likeness. Therefore, each one of us has an... Well, it's... You know, somebody said, you know, I didn't make a right choice. But you're still good. 
in God's eyes. You know, things aren't going, don't, going good. and I may not be a good person, but God said in the very beginning, it is good. The fact that we just, we're just not good people, God said in the beginning that we are good. All right? Now, just bear with me. We're going to talk tonight about this concept of front porch praise. A place of connection. A place where you can just have face-to-face conversation. So, I want to talk to us about a biblical form of worship. Now, worship is not actually just necessarily defined in the Word of God. Yet, we know it is very vital. It's an important action. Everyone say action. How many know we are to be action figures? The book of Acts. Those are full of action figures. In fact, the book of Acts has never ended. It's still going on today. But the Lord said He was looking for what? True worshipers that would worship Him in spirit and in... Come on, and in... The Jewish understanding of worship is observed in its literal meaning, and there's a lot of Jewish words, but which some of them mean to say, to bow down, to serve. Now, our old English word, worthy, comes from the old English word, which means worth-ship, which refers to worthiness of an individual to receive special honor, to set a price, or to appraise. Now, to worship God is to ascribe to Him the worth or the value of which He is worthy. Worth means value. Worship and praise is the value that we have set on our great God. Worship in the Bible times was very um, was a very reverent expression to respect God. It was demonstrated by honoring God in various ways, by bowing. When was the last time you bowed in church? I ain't going to do that. I'm too good for that. My church people would look at me kind of strange and and cross-eyed. That is a form of worship. That is a sign of humility. I'm trying to get us out of our box tonight. I'm trying to stretch our our thought process. Amen. How many love church service? How many like to come to a church service? Do you know what the word service means? It means to serve. Have you ever been to a nice restaurant? And the waiter has the thing on his arm, and he bows. He says, you may be seated, and he pulls the chair out for you, and then he pushes it in. As you young gentlemen should do, even if you're McDonald's. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Teaching you some manners now, praise God. The word service means to serve. That's what we've come to do. We've come to serve Him. Amen? We've come to serve the Lord tonight in this church service. But another way is by praying. We all know how to pray. At least we know at least the concept of it. Singing is another form of praise unto the Lord. Whether you can carry a tune in a bucket or not, open up your mouth, God said, and He'd fill it. May not be the best sounding voice, but use it. Amen? That's it. Word. Playing musical instruments the drums, the keyboard, the kazoo. I don't know. Whatever. Just use something. Use your ten strings, your fingers, whatever. Now, in the Old Testament, in the Bible, they used some things to sacrifice, they used fruit. This was one way that they worshipped in the Bible. They used grain, they used lambs, they used some other animals. Today we sacrifice by the praises out of the fruit of our what? Lips. Out of the fruit of our lips. And if we will use our voice, everyone say, get out of your box. And I'm talking about this, your voice box. If you get out of your shyness, out of your mold, out of your timidity, out of those things, I promise you, if you'll break forth in praise and lift your voice, the Bible would say, that when we do this, we're going to receive blessing, we're going to receive strength, we're going to receive direction, protection, we're going to get power, we're going to receive the Holy Ghost, we're going to get deliverance, and we're going to get victory. Come on, somebody, use your voice right now and lift it unto the Lord by the fruit of your lips. Come on, it don't have to just be for the men. Ladies, you can do it too. Hallelujah. Praise the great God of all. Everybody, young and old alike, praise is for everybody. It's not just meant for young. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel victory in this house tonight. Amen. You may be seated.
It is not just words to a song that says, Worship is the way that the battle is won. Lift up your voice and shout, praising for the victory. We like to rock that song at our church. And we'll sing it. I just can't stop praising his name. Ever heard that song? This is a song that never ends. Goes on and on, my friend. No, no, no. That's like the song for us. Worship is the way that we just we continue it. And, and then I'm playing the drums and I quit. When I stop, they stop. Sometimes. They still keep going even. But we stress that worship and praise when we are in the sanctuary because when we leave, we're going to face some battles. It's not just about here. This is boot camp. This, as you said, is practice. This is training ground. This is just where there's fake bullets. You know, this is where, you know what I'm talking about in boot camp? You know, Randall, what I'm talking about? I have no clue. Praise God. What boot camp's all about. Amen. That's, that's to prepare you for the real battle. That's to prepare... This tonight is to prepare us for the real world that's out there. That the enemy's trying to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy your soul. And believe me, he's doing it at a very an alarming rate. But we are the people of God. If we'll use our voice and shout with the voice of triumph, the victories are going to be won. The battles are going to be won. How many's ever lost a battle? How many's ever lost a battle? But I promise you, if you continue to get back up as a good soldier would, and you go pick up the, the anthem, you go pick up the flag after some of, one of your soldier friends, were, were, whatever happened to them, if you go pick it back up, I promise you that the war will be won. You may lose a battle or two, but keep on keeping on, Brother Randall. Keep on keeping on. Amen. There's an old song that says, You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run or even lack behind. If you should win for the God in your right, just keep on the firing line. I don't know about you tonight, but I want to keep on keeping on. I don't care who tries to stop me, what tries to crash into me, what tries to depress me and oppress me. I'm going to fight the good fight as a good soldier. Harabo Shataya. Come on, soldiers of the living God. Lift your voice one more time. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. The enemy of our soul, Satan, will tempt us to lie, to cheat, and to steal. He will tempt us to cuss and fuss and to do all kinds of junk. But he will tell us, and these are some of the things that he's going to do to do that. He's going to tell us to miss church. He's going to tell you to miss choir practice. Mm. He's going to tell you to miss Sunday morning and then cash in on those... Rollover minute. Oh, I'll just go Sunday night. I'll get my praise on then. Mm, hallelujah. These are lies from the devil. When are we going to wake up, young people and elders and whoever else is under the sound of my voice and realize these are lies from the devil? These are satanic lies to try to steal and to kill and to destroy us. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. It is the business of the enemy to bring us down and to put us in our face a frown. You're known by your countenance. Your friends and everyone around you knows you by your countenance. There's a lot of things in the Word of God about your countenance to get your frown to go down. Amen. But I don't know about you, but I want to turn my frown upside down and give God the praise. A smile is worship. Do you know, how many in math remember the greater than and the less than sign? Greater than, less than, you know, the back and forth. All right, that to me is my hands. When you open your hands up, that is saying to God that He's greater than. When my hands or when my frown is pointing down, who am I saying is greater than? Because it's, you know what that's about? That's all about me. That says, would you ask me what's wrong with me? Would you just talk to me? Now, don't get me wrong. I understand you've got to have a friend in your life that you can come to that's not going to gossip and, and stab you behind your back. But if you're always a person like that, I promise you, that's of the devil. And you need freedom. You don't, you don't need people all the time saying, what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? you, you we need to be people of victory. We ought to be victorious people. Amen? The Bible says to lift up your head, O ye gates, and even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord strong and mighty. It, listen, it is the Lord mighty in battle. He's going to fight your battle if you'll just worship Him. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the business of the devil. Now look at the other person and say, to get up in my business. It's the enemy's job to get up in your business. Amen. But you can beat up the devil, and you can make him black and blue. 
Because you can stay up by connecting with God in worship and in praise. Praise is the sure way to look good. Mm-hmm. Now, most of us want to look nice. I'm observing that by looking around here tonight. Y'all look pretty nice. All of you look good. I haven't walked by anybody that didn't smell good. I teach to my young people that deodorant is of the Holy Ghost. It's no laughing matter. And, and I'm talking about an everyday, an everyday kind of a thing. Now, you guys, you gentlemen, you may not take a whole lot of time to spend looking for what you're going to wear for the day, for service or whatever, by just staring at endless rows of suits and ties. I have a lot of ties. It does take me just a few just to pick out something. But we still want to look good. And it doesn't take long to decide what color to wear for some of us when we only have like four or five colors to choose from. Now, my dad, he has white, off-white, and beige. That's it. Basically, that's about all he has. Now, girls, on the other hand, you ladies, oh, hallelujah. You can spend quite a minute, and I mean a long minute, just staring and singing. And I I know this because I live in a house full of two ladies, wonderful ladies, God bless them, that I've heard of their stories that they've got something on and then they don't like it. And they'll put something else on. And then they don't like that and they'll put something else on. Then there's the shoes, ladies. Oh, Lord. Then there's the purses. Then you go, all of it's got a match. Lord, you know. Now, my sister, bless her soul, she, she had a room. It was a very small room. And because of some circumstances at our house, she was able to move into a, 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 a little bit bigger room. And so her old room became her walk-in closet. That whole room is her closet. And I'm talking purses. From here to yond. Dresses that I think still have maybe tags on them. Shoes galore. I mean, it's, it's a lady's den. I walk in there and I just start shaking my head. But the most important thing that we can put on is praise. Brother Jonathan, the garment of praise. Praise is what we should wear every church service. And I don't care if it's Wednesday or Thursday, whatever night of the week you have your midweek service. And I love casual. Mm. I love my jeans and t-shirt and I love my converse. I love casual. But if, if I get into a casual spirit, I'm not talking about what's on the outside. I'm talking about what's on the inside. If you come with a casual worship spirit or a casual praying spirit or a casual playing the drum spirit or a casual preaching spirit or a casual prayer life or a casual thing, you're going to get casual results. But if you come, I'm not, again, don't listen to me. If you come up with a dressed up attitude, not just necessarily what's on the outside, but if you come dressed up, amen, to do battle. If you come dressed with the armor... To say, God, I'm here to do some business. I'm here to fight some battles. I'm here to do some great things in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the garment of praise for the Spirit of Heaven. Hallelujah. You put it on and I promise you some great things are going to happen in your life. Praise God. We can connect to Him again, as we said, through prayers. And that looks great to God. The Lord looks down from the portals of heaven and He goes, Mm-hmm, I like what you got on. He likes it when we wear praise. The psalmist David tells us that praise is comely. Comely here means, that means it looks good. It looks nice. And we can have a nice smile. We can have a nice suit. And ladies, you can have a nice hairdo. But the best attire you can wear is the garment of praise. In the Old Testament, the root meanings of some of the words for praise means to make a noise. Sometimes it says make a loud noise. Sometimes it talks about being quiet, but make a noise. It even talks about dancing. talks about twirling. talks about applauding and singing, extending the hands. And there's so many other forms of worship that are mentioned. But even in the New Testament, uh, it talks about singing and making melody unto the Lord. It talks about giving thanks. So we cannot be a true worshiper without giving thanks unto the Lord. Griping, whining, and complaining. I have done it. I'm a guilty bird. I'm preaching to me tonight. But that's not worship to God. That is worship to the enemy of your soul. That is worship to moi. Griping, whining, and complaining. I'm trying to help you, parents. Do I have any parents out there that says, I know what, what you're talking about with my kids. They gripe and they whine. 
How about you, parent? How about you? When was the last time you griped and wanted to complain to McDonald's because you're oh, oh, oh? Because the the young lady didn't hear what I said correctly, and so I got to look just a little nasty with her, just a little, just a little bit, just a tiny bit. I went up there and I threw that hamburger and said, "This ain't right. I'm hungry." Okay. I'm just trying to help us tonight. I've, I've done silly things like that. But what is that kind of worship? Oh, worship isn't here alone. Oh, no. It, again, this is practice. This, young people, is the place of practice. Worshiping God is at McDonald's. When you treat people right. Well, praise the Lord God. I'm trying to get somewhere, and I know the Lord's helping me. Amen. We cannot connect to God in praise if we're pouting and we're doubting. The Bible says, Brother Sebastian, to enter into his gates with what? To thanksgiving and praise. praise. Amen. To enter his courts with praise. It is not. I believe in, in all of every fiber in my body that anything that you do is by choice. Now somebody says, well, life just threw a curveball at me. We all have our little hang-ups. Sunday night in our service, I come up there and I said, here's two hangers. This is a hang-up service. Hang it up. Take the garment of praise off the hanger and put that on. And hang up the rest of your hang-ups. Worship doesn't have to be a hardship. Just because you had a rough day on the job, because your boss chewed you out from one side down to the other, or because your friend cussed you out, or they did something that just hurt your feelings. No one ever said that worship had to be, everything had to be going okay to worship. I'm going to give you the greatest example of that. You all know him. Most of us, I think, the book of Job. Somebody said, where's the book of Job? Hey, it's a job to be Job. Just try it. Get the attitude of gratitude that Job finally had. Just, I'm not going to tell you what happened. If you don't know, go look it up. It's kind of toward the middle of your Bible. Go find out. Go see what kind of attitude finally that Job got a hold of. And what, watch what happened to him. In fact, when the Lord commands us to glorify him, he is actually inviting us to enjoy his presence. Praise, let me tell you, is so much fun. It's exhilarating. It's energizing. It's easy. It, it doesn't have to be hard. Throughout the scriptures and up until today, we should praise. Somebody said, why do I got to come to church? Why do I got to clap my hands? Why do I got to do, do that stuff? I just want to sit here and, and play on my phone. I want to play my, my little pinball game. I want to do my checkbook. I want to clip my fingernails. Or I just want to be a spectator. Oh. Look at them. Don't they look goofy? I am preaching to moi tonight. I have done every one of those things just about. It's an easy trap for the devil to do. To, to, to trip, trip us up. So let me tell you why we should praise God. Not just because it's, you're supposed to and because I'm talking about it. The Bible says that we ought to praise Him for His attributes, for His creation, for salvation, for His presence, for His mighty acts, for the mighty acts that He did in the Word of God, for the mighty acts that He's doing today, for revival that is going across the world. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all He has done for me, my soul, my soul cries out, Hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Hallelujah. Has He saved anybody in this place? Has He calmed anybody's fears in this house? Has He ever helped you on a test at school? Come on, somebody. Has He ever put you on the right path when you were going left? He made you go the right way. Did He give you a church family that loves you? New Life Fellowship or McCormick's Creek or Promised Land? Has He given you a great church family and a great awesome pastor that loves you and that will preach the Word of God to you so that you won't burn in hell forever? Hallelujah. Come on, these are reasons to praise Him. Come on, has He ever gave you a song? The Bible said He's gave us a song, a brand new song of the redeemed. Come on, let the Lord, let the, let the people of God say so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These are reasons. These are why we do these things. Has He ever, ever given you strength when you felt weak? Oh, I think we've all been weak. Maybe this week. I think it's a good time just to lift our hands. You might feel weak physically, but do your best to thank God that He's given you strength when you're weak. He's traded your sorrows for gladness. I feel your presence, great God.
Come on, you don't need to be a cheerleader. I don't need to be a cheerleader right now in your own way. Thank you for your strength. When I've been weak, thank you for being my provider. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Praise is our acknowledgement. It's our recognition of who God is, not just, yes, I love to think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He's done for me, but it's not simply that alone. More importantly, it's simply of who God is. That's all you, that's the, that's the reason in itself. If you'll just think of God, that's all you got to know. Not that He's given you a good life, a good job, a nice car. Just think of His presence that's here right now. We don't deserve it. I was going to talk to you tonight. I was asking the Lord what to talk to you all tonight about. And one thought that I thought was going to maybe take place was a message title that God given me a long time ago that I found on, on, on the container of, of, a, of a product. And I picked it up and it said, Satisfaction Guarantee. How many's ever seen those on, on a product? And you call the 1-800 number if you're not satisfied with something. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. There's a lot of things that people look for to satisfy them. But only Jesus can satisfy the longing in your heart. It's not, again, it's not the blessings that will satisfy you, such as a car and a new outfit or getting your way. Those things won't satisfy you. In the end, they'll leave you empty, dry, without anything in your life. But only Jesus, He is the answer. Amen? I'm coming very quickly to a close tonight. I want to apply this to our lives again it, it, this all is independent of our mood music as you come it's independent of my mood of my feelings or my circumstances in, in my life we can connect somebody was talking tonight about connecting when a baby is born they've got to cut the umbilical cord because it's the connection to the mother that tonight, worship is our umbilical cord to the heavens. Worship. And I promise you, the devil's doing everything he can to get out his scissors and to snip your worship. To cut off your praise. To cut off things in your life so that you will no longer be connected to him. We need a declaration of dependence on God. We need a less self-centeredness and a greater connection with God. While we must praise in an outward I believe it, demonstrative way, we need to understand that it's praise that cannot be separated from our submission and our omission or obedience to God. Let me say that again. That we cannot be separated from our submission and our obedience to God. We need to give our time, I believe, and our talents, young people, and our treasure. We praise God and we worship God in other ways, not just by the things that I talked about tonight, serving one another, like I said tonight, serving fellow church members and other churches across the road, serving one another and calling them up and saying, I'm just praying for you. That's worship. Reaching out for somebody that's blind, that's stumbling along the way, that thinks they know what they're doing, and you going up to them with the light of the Word of God and shining the truth to the lost that my friend is praise and worship giving yes in our offerings unto the Lord our finances that is worship unto the Lord cleaning the church I saw on somebody's Facebook page from here not long ago I don't know who that was but you all had a cleaning day out here you better believe you better believe I'm not too good to clean a toilet I ain't getting my hands dirty. I'll do something else, but don't give me that toilet job. That's praise. There's so many, and I could go a long time on what praise is about. Serve your pastor. Pray for him. Oh, I could go on and I could go on, but through praise and worship, we enter in to his throne room. And when we enter into his place, when you get to His place, you're going to find love. You're going to receive power. You're going to receive grace. 
You're going to get mercy when you don't deserve it. You're going to get provision. And again, that could go on and on in itself as well. My friend, worship as we all stand tonight. Worship and praise. This is our lifeline. This is what I'm talking about when you just sit out on the front porch and you sit on the swing and everybody else is going by you and your friends and life's just happening. And you got King Jesus sitting there right beside you in the swing and you're just sitting there having a relationship. You're getting to know one another, sipping on a lemonade and you're just talking with Jesus. As everybody else goes by, as the pace of life, of everybody, your friends at home on Facebook, whatever the case might be, you've taken the time to talk to Him face to face. That's what I'm trying to get down to your level tonight. It's the face to face relationship. They that will turn from their wicked ways and humble themselves. And you'll turn. You'll turn to Him. You see, it demonstrates our dependence on Him and we experience the connection for which we were created for. Everything in this world was created for a reason. You, my friend, were created for a purpose. And that purpose was to praise. And we're going to praise something in our lives. Just because you don't come to church doesn't mean you don't praise. Whatever you said, giving your time to football or whatever, if you give more of your time, and those things, again, are not wrong in themselves, but I promise you the devil will use anything to trip you up, to cause you to miss, and to cause to con- disconnect you from him. And if, if your life is out of balance, and if sports are way up here and God's down here, or if TV's up here and God's here, or, or my friends are up here. You see, every, every time in the New Testament God talked to us, he always talked to us about having balance. It's okay to have a good time. Okay? It's all right to play football. It's all right to do some of that stuff. But when you get out of balance, oh, you see, it's important that we have what? A well-balanced diet? We need to have a well-balanced spiritual life. If I'm going to church all the time, all the time, all the time, and my soul longs for that, but I'm, I'm no good to people that are lost, then how do they know? i I, I got to have those times, brother, where I'm reaching out to the lost as well. You don't have to relate to the lost. I can't relate to everybody that's lost. I, I, there's some things that I've never done that I can't relate to. And I used to, didn't struggle with that, dealing with young people. And God told me one time, He said, you know what? You don't have to relate to them. I already have. Wow. That took such pressure off me. Think about it, young people. You don't have to relate to your friends. You don't have to be like them to get them here. Be a child of God. Not a friend of God alone. A friend is good. But I want to be a child of God. Because I have a Heavenly Father that loves me. We get ready to sing unto the Lord. It's time tonight, if your porches are closed in, to remove all the junk out. To get the lazy, sport, lazy boy spirit out of your life. And these altars are open as I'm talking. But it's time for us to sit at His feet. Lay back against Him. And breathe. And just have that face-to-face conversation with Him. You see, front porches are where everybody sees. It's in the front. Get on the front porch and your friends are going to see you. Where do people go when they have questions of sickness and depression? They go to the people of God. And if you're not out on your front porch, they're not going to know where you're at. You've got to get out on the front porch where people can be a passerby and say, Oh, Hey, I have a situation. Would you help me? You see, in the book of John, chapter 10, verses 23 and 24, they were talking to Jesus. And they were asking Him some questions. And He told them some things plainly, the Bible says. It says in verse 23, And Jesus walked into the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about Him and said unto Him, How long dost thou... Make us to doubt if thou be the Christ. Tell us plainly. You don't have to doubt. The Lord is on the porch right now sitting, waiting for some of you to come up here to this front porch and to just talk to Him. Again, these altars are open. Why don't every eye close and every head bow 
If you can lift your hand tonight in sign of surrender and say, God, I am nothing without you. Lord, I need you in my life more than I've ever needed you ever before. As a young person, as adulterers are open to whosoever will, come and let him thirst. Let him and come and be filled. But the Bible says, they that hunger and thirst after the things that are righteousness, the things that are right. The Bible said that you shall be filled. You're going to find satisfaction with him. You're going to find a place where he'll talk with you and he'll commune with you as we sing unto the Lord. Praise singers. Come on, somebody lift it, lift it, lift it. Lift your praise. Send up Judas. Magnify the magnificent name of Jesus. Come on, sing this song as a prayer. That's it. That's it. I want to find you, Lord. I want to find you in that place. Come on, you're not too good for worship. You're not too good for praise. Oh, yes. The more I see you, tonight in this place. It's all. 